0: Thank you, Brother Holmes. Praise the Lord, everybody. You may be seated for a few moments while I try to mind my manners a little bit this evening. I want to say how much I appreciate what we have felt and received around here the last couple of days. We arrived a little late, and uh, but what I have heard in the preaching of the Word of God and good singing, good testimonies, the good presence of the Lord that we have felt here. It has been wonderful. Amen. And I so appreciate Brother Holmes inviting me to come once again. He has been so gracious to do that a number of times and I uh, have come with only one desire and that is to be a blessing, add something to your walk with God. And, uh, we can do that, then it will have uh, been a success. Praise God, and uh, I uh, appreciate the challenge of the Word of God that we received in the service last night. Brother Smith and Brother King talking to us, and then today wasn't that wonderful this afternoon. Praise the Lord, Brother Ben Weeks. I thought when he was preaching, I hope that. Someday, maybe a few years from now, that he will at least just acknowledge that years ago I preached his high school graduation. Amen. That's my claim to fame. I preached the high school graduation for Brother Ben Weeks. And what an anointing is on this young man. Amen. my good friend, Brother Gross, as always, did such a masterful job today talking to us. Don't you want to go to Jerusalem? Why stop at Dan and Bethel, when you can go to Jerusalem? Praise the Lord. And these men left hardly any stones unturned. Really, I could save us a lot of time tonight if I just say, ditto. And then let's go home. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, but I will endeavor to deliver to you what the Lord has laid on my heart. I uh, I did argue a little bit with Brother Holmes when he called me because I I have been a little busy this summer and had a lot on my mind at the time, and uh, we were concentrating on our conference last week, and I was not even thinking a day beyond that. Uh, all of my energy and and. Uh, thoughts were poured into that, and I did not feel that I would be able to say anything coherent this evening, and even up to the time that we came, I had no idea what I would be preaching here. I had a burden in my heart, but I did not know how that I would articulate it, and uh, yesterday morning, very early, I woke up, and there was a song on my heart. And then I had my message. And I feel like the Lord has impressed me with it. I'll do my best to preach to you tonight. Are you going to help me for a little while? You'll stand one more time in honor of the word of the Lord. And many things could be said tonight. But, uh, we want to hurry along and just give you what, uh, the Lord has given to us. Uh, my message is not fancy. It's not deep. Amen. There's nothing all that great, just a little uh, something that I want to leave with you tonight. If you'll turn in the book of Zechariah, chapter number 14, Zechariah chapter number 14, amen. I was joking with some of the preachers earlier that uh, usually by the last night, uh, they have so... uh, trampled all through the Word of God, preaching and testifying that there's only two verses in Obadiah left, but Brother Weeks got those today and even got some from Habakkuk. Usually you're pretty safe if you read a text from those uh, little books, so I'm reaching into Zechariah tonight. How many of you are going to help me preach? Yeah. Amen. Appreciate all of the good ministry that's here, all the saints of God from everywhere. Amen. Zechariah chapter 14 beginning with verse number 1. Behold the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And I simply want to use that last statement, amen, for my message tonight, light at evening time light at evening time would you lift your hands and ask the lord to help us in the remainder of this service lord jesus i come to you i'm nothing i'm nobody lord i just thank you for what you've done in my life and put me in the church and i want to do what i can tonight lord to help your people strengthen the church Give me the right words. Let your anointing rest on me. I need you, my God. Have your way, Lord, one more time in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen,
1: amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord. Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. While you're getting comfortable, let me just say one more time how much I appreciate for the homes and this church family being so diligent year after year to uh, put on this camp meeting. And I know that it is a highlight in the lives of many people. And uh, uh, so we're thankful for the effort and expense and all that they do to make... That's comfortable and welcome don't you appreciate brother holmes in this church family amen praise the lord praise the lord hallelujah well that's all right thank god thank god
1: praise the lord praise the lord give honor to whom honor is due
0: God bless you again. You may be seated. I have read to you tonight from the uh, book of Zechariah. This prophet was a contemporary with the prophet Haggai. Both of these men prophesied at the time of the rebuilding of the temple uh, at Jerusalem after the years of captivity in Babylon. The Lord used these two men to encourage and strengthen the hands of the builders for the great work that they were doing in the face of the awesome
1: opposition that was before them. He is also called
0: the prophet of hope because God let him see beyond those years that they were living in and the troubles that they were facing and even the years of apostasy
1: that would follow on to the time of the arrival of the Messiah. Amen. But he had an even greater and more panoramic view of the future than that because it stretched
0: even beyond the coming of the Messiah to the time of the destruction of the very temple that they were right then rebuilding.
1: And even on across the centuries into the verses that I read in your hearing tonight which deal with the time of Christ's reign upon the earth. So that uh, with all of this, this prophet had the opportunity and the privilege of seeing uh, on into the future not one coming of the Lord, but actually two comings of the Lord. The arrival of the Messiah and then his eventual return to the earth to establish his kingdom. In both cases of both of these comings, it becomes clear in reading this book that the spiritual climate and temperament at each time would be very, very similar. They would be times of idolatry and times of indifference and times of ungodliness. Amen. We have yet to witness the second major event. Amen. But we are able to learn about it from the first advent of the Lord upon this earth and gain insight into the second because of the great similarities involved. Let me just speak for a moment about His first coming. Amen. He came at a time of great spiritual decay it was not a time of spiritual awakening but it was a time when there were many different religious factions that were struggling against each other it was a time when the scriptures were being arrested to the advantage of different men and groups it was a time of great confusion and a time of great ignorance among the people Amen. and the people were being controlled and manipulated by various political systems, either the political powers of the earth or religious political systems that dominated them to their own purpose. And in the midst of this chaotic environment, Amen. the Lord makes His appearance. As the prophet Isaiah said in the Old Testament that He would come as a root out of a dry ground. Amen. I want you to know again this evening that God does not need perfect circumstances to do what He is going to do. When He decides to do something, amen, it doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter how complicated it is. God's going to do what He wants to, when He wants to, and how He wants to. He doesn't have to wait for the stars to line up. He doesn't have to wait for all the planets to be just right. He doesn't have to wait for the astrology to be just perfect. Amen. When God decrees it, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if everything's going wrong. He can step right down in the middle of it and bring some kind of order and some kind of divine purpose in the midst of it praise the lord and so at the worst possible time that he could have come he made his appearance upon this earth i mean it couldn't have been worse israel was under the domination of the roman government and uh, uh, tyranny at the time and so many other things were going on amen but once he launched his ministry amen he fulfilled The words of the prophet Isaiah, amen, as it was retold in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16, The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Of Him it was said, amen, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, jesus stood one day and without any hesitation said boldly i am the light of the world i want you to know he's still the light of the world he's still the only light this world has even though many have rejected him as jesus said this is a condemnation that light is come into the world but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil but i like what he goes on to say but he that doeth truth cometh to the light i'm so glad that one day that light shone out of darkness into my life amen and i didn't run from it i didn't go the other direction but i embraced the truth And I want you to know, when you embrace truth, light is going to come into your life. Oh, I hope you'll just let me lay a little foundation here this evening. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, amen, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 3. Amen. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, Amen, should shine—a uh, gospel of Christ, who is the image of God—should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined into our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you remember the night that you staggered into an apostolic church? You thought you knew God. You thought you knew all about the Bible. You thought you understood divine truths. Amen, but somebody began to preach to you. And a little bit, a little ray of light began to shine in your mind and in your heart. And before, amen, you knew what was happening. A whole new vista, a whole new world opened up before your eyes. And you saw what you had never seen before. Thank God for revelation. Thank God for revelation. I said thank God for revelation. Amen. If you know who Jesus is, you ought to be one of the happiest people on the face of the earth. I'm glad I know there is just one God. And His name, His name, His name is Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on. Amen. I said it a few days ago. Let me say it again tonight. Nobody ought to get as excited about the name of Jesus as one God apostolic people. The a mention of that name ought to bring a reaction from the crowd. It ought to bring a shout. Amen. An expression of praise and adoration. He could have left you in the darkness that you were in. You could still believe in three gods, in a triune deity. But thank God for revelation. Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. oh hallelujah 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 amen so let me tell you what the bible says now now that you've seen the revelation now that you obeyed acts two thirty eight. now that you came to an altar repentance and repented of your sins and somebody baptized you in jesus name amen for the remission of sins and god filled you with the gift of the holy ghost which by the way is the only way that you can make it Into the kingdom of God. But now that you have obeyed. Here's what the Bible has to say about us. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth. The praises of him. That brought you out of darkness. Into His marvelous light. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in and let a little light from heaven fill my soul. It bathed my heart in love and it wrote my name above. And now just a little talk with Jesus makes it right bless your peepick and heart to stand there like a wooden Indian if you want to but I've got a right to praise the Lord I've got a right to lift my voice ain't nobody got a right like the children of the Lord who've seen the light I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and I've got a right let's give the lord another hand clap of praise i've got a right i've got a reason i've got a responsibility i've got an obligation i'm gonna clap my hands i'm gonna worship god i'm gonna leap for joy I'm going to magnify his name. You could still be sucking cigarettes. You could still be sitting on a bar stool. You could still be, amen, chained to a television tonight. But God, let some light come into your heart. Woo! Ah, amen amen praise the lord aren't you glad for that light one more time let's give the lord a hand clap of praise let's magnify him magnify him magnify him hallelujah 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 amen this is the last night of camp meeting we might as well pull out the stops and have church tonight Amen. If you haven't shouted yet in this camp meeting, it'd be a good time to do it right now. Some of you need to remember where Jesus brought you from. You didn't know anything. You didn't have anything. You were on your way to hell. And now, amen, God has given you a chance to make your calling and election sure. hallelujah 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 praise god praise god amen praise the lord you can be seated if you want to amen it's all up to you i don't care amen 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 light 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 Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And I didn't, I didn't come here tonight just to move this congregation. I came here to preach to this congregation. You're going to help me preach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. Let me just tell you, as it was in his first coming, so it will be, amen, as we approach his second coming praise the lord whatever you believe on that whether you believe we're pre-trib post-trib mid-trib makes no difference i think we can all agree that we're closer than we've ever been before well you can say amen to that you can say amen to that hallelujah and as we approach him in the conditions that were present at the time of his first coming are very evident again tonight Amen. The Bible prophesied here in this passage that the, that before or during the time of this great event, amen, that the light would not be clear. Now, I read various different commentaries on it. They're divided about whether that's a literal phenomenon or a spiritual event. I personally, amen, feel that whether it's literal or not, amen, it certainly is referring to a spiritual condition that already exists today, even before the event. Amen. We are again in a time of great confusion. A time when many voices are being heard across the land. A time that is indistinct. Amen. A time that is unclear, when many things are shadowy and blurry. Amen. And don't make any real sense. Amen. We're living in a time of very few absolutes. There seems to be no real right and wrong. Amen. There is no real white or black everything is gray everything is relative everything is circumstantial or situational or subjective it all depends how you look at it it all depends on the situation it all depends on how you're interpreting it it is a time that is neither day nor night when it is neither clear nor dark amen everything is blurry and uh, hazy Praise the Lord. The truth, amen, is being diluted in many areas by man's philosophy, by humanistic reasoning, amen, and by popular opinion, amen. This is a time, amen, of liberal theology, a time of political correctness, a time of social sensitivity and religious tolerance. And let me tell you something, it's not going to get any better it's not going to get any better. I've got news for you. It doesn't matter who gets in office after Bill Clinton. It's not going to get any better. Man is on a slippery slope toward hell. Scripture has already said evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Go to the polls vote for your man but it's not gonna get any better it's only gonna get better when jesus steps down on the mount of olives amen and plants one foot on the land and on the sea uh, hallelujah 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 amen it's gonna get murkier It's going to get darker. It's going to get more blurry. It's going to get even more indistinct. I have to also admit tonight that even the Pentecostal movement, amen, is being invaded. It's being invaded by a situation that is clouding the minds of men. Amen, we're living in a time when in many churches across America, entertainment takes precedence over the preaching of the Word of God. where the pastor is a puppet, where laity rules, amen. where the ministry follows the opinion of the church membership. You better hope and pray that never happens to your church. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them out there. And man, they're blowing and going. They're making a lot of racket and a lot of noise. And they're having fantastic church on the right hand and on the left. But Ichabod is written on the door. Because the only way you'll ever have light is if you have truth. Amen. Amen. The situation seems hopeless and out of control. But when I came to preach to this assembly tonight, and as I told you, it's not fancy. It's not deep and it's not complex, but it cheers my soul to no end. That after the Word of God has stated, Amen, it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear, no door dark. It won't really be day and it won't be night. It still makes this declaration. But at evening time, it shall be light. I'm going to tell you something tonight. We're going to have some light in this world right up to the time that Jesus comes. Everybody's not going to sell out. Everybody's not going to compromise. Everybody's not going to give in. Everybody's not going to knuckle under. We heard it preached so well this afternoon. We can have revival right up to the end we're not barely holding on we're gonna have church right up to the rapture i don't know where i lost some of you but i lost you back there somewhere maybe we need to slow down and let you catch up with the wagon but i want to say it one more time we are going to have revival in 1999 we are having it we're going to have it god's going to help us God's going to bless us. There's going to be some light at evening time. There's going to be some light at evening time. And as again we heard today, we're going to have it with men preaching the truth. With men standing flat footed behind the sacred desk and telling it like it is. In fact that's what i came to preach to you about tonight the main reason that there will be light at evening time you want to know what the main reason that there's going to be light at evening time amen it's not complicated it's not fancy i can tell it to you very simply the main reason there is going to be light at evening time is because God is going to have an apostolic ministry that is going to preach the truth right up to the end. Oh devil, you're a liar. You're a liar in Jesus' name. I came to defy the forces of hell. I came in defense of the apostolic ministry. I came to hold up the hands of every man of God that's trying to take a stand, that's trying to preach the truth. These are the torch-bearers. These are the ones that are going to keep the light burning. These are the ones that are going to preach the truth and tell it like it is. Amen. Men that do not speak in abstracts, in platitudes, and in generalities, but get down to the nitty-gritty and call sin what it is, and call white, white, and black, black, and right, right, and wrong, wrong. amen you can be seated let me just let me entreat you from the depths of my heart amen I feel a special anointing on me here tonight let me entreat you from the depth of my heart hey man if you have ever honored the apostolic ministry you need to honor it tonight whether or not you have light in your assembly is up to these men I know there is a divine force behind it, but he still works through the ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. The ministry is under much fire and under opposition tonight. Amen. If there has ever been a time when you should give reverence and respect and honor to the apostolic ministry, it is tonight. I don't know if this is what you came to hear, but it's what God has laid on my heart. I've watched too many church people and young people walk right by good godly men with their nose is up in the air like they were somebody. You couldn't even acknowledge their presence or put out your hand and give them a holy greeting. Amen. You're so busy. Who are they? They just get up there and scream and holler at you. Amen. Amen. While you go on and do your thing, I want you to know your life is depending on these men. I told you I came to preach to you tonight. I've said this several times before at various places, but I'll repeat it again tonight. I was at a camp meeting one time, and after an afternoon service, when it was time to go eat, amen, the instructions were given for the ministers and their families to go first. I was just a young evangelist, just starting out, and I did not feel myself qualified They meant to buddy in in the front of the line along with other ministers. So I was standing in line along with other saints of God that were there. While the preachers were walking by, I heard some young person make the statement, Who do they think they are? They put their pants on one leg at a time like we do. Brother Lee, it's just me and the devil tonight. But I hope God's with me. Let me tell you who they are. They are Christ's gift to your church. He ascended upon high and led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ the reason you're here is because of a preacher let me just speak for the rest of these men and not for myself i don't care if you reverence me I don't care if you give me any honor. Amen. But when these men walk by, amen, you ought to give them an apostolic salute. And let them know you're praying for them. And you honor them. And you appreciate them. They're the only thing standing between you and the devil. You better pray for them every single day that you live. Amen, they are the most important figure in your church. More important than the song leader. More important than the Sunday school director. More important than the teachers. More important than the musicians. More important than the choir leader. More important than the church trustees. They are the most important figures in your church. oh god oh god i don't care if you know more about electricity than they do i don't care if you know more about plumbing than they do i don't care if you're a master craftsman and they can't drive a nail i don't care if you know more on a myriad other subjects than they do don't you sit there amen all cocky and stiff-necked while they're preaching to you like they're some dumb ignoramus amen when it comes to the word of god Submit to them, obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for yourselves. Hey Amen. Everybody needs a pastor. There's some folks that all they do is they roam around and they hit all the meetings. They like to be involved in the meetings. You are not worthy to participate in the enjoyment of a meeting like this if you cannot go home and hold up the hands of your pastor and help him preach and help him work and help him fulfill the vision that God has given unto him. Don't come here and get behind me or any other of these preachers if you can't get behind your pastor. Don't come here and shout if you can't shout at home. Don't come here and act so spiritual and sanctimonious if you're a deadhead at home. Thank God for camp meeting. Thank God for conferences. Thank God for special services. Thank God for all of this other stuff. Amen. This is where we celebrate. This is where we have parties and have a good time. But the warfare is going on at home. The fight is going on at home. Hallelujah. In fact... In fact, amen, if you if you are doubtful about whether your pastor has the finances to come to a meeting like this, you ought to dig into your piggy bank and into your savings account and help him come. Where it will not be a financial hardship for him because he needs the strength. He needs the inspiration. He needs the encouragement of other apostolic brethren. Oh God, say we came to shout tonight. Well, you can shout over this. You can shout over this. Where are you till the preacher preached to you? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You still with me tonight? The enemy's greatest threat Today, to his plan and program, is an apostolic preacher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. I believe what Brother Gross said. There is no such thing as a holiness church. Oh, I know that kind of, amen, makes us uncomfortable. But there's no such thing as a holiness church. There are only holiness preachers. Because when he quits preaching it, you won't have it any longer. Three months, six months, one year, and your church will be full of worldliness and carnality if these men get tired of holding up the torch.
2: The only thing
1: that keeps the devil from dragging everything he wants to in the church is a hard-headed preacher. Standing in the doorway with his staff, with his rod, saying, ah uh-uh, boy, not here, not without a fight, not without a struggle. I care about those sheep. The only reason why there are not televisions in every Pentecostal church in America is because of a few insightful men that kept it from happening. And some of you would go out next week and get one if your preacher said it was okay. Lord, have mercy. The only thing keeping the devil from destroying many individuals here tonight, amen, is a preacher. Only thing stopping him, amen, from tearing some families apart is a preacher. Only thing keeping him from dividing some churches is a preacher. Somebody who will get up on Wednesday night, midweek service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever it is, when all you want to do is shout and open up the Word of God and say, Hey, here's what the Word of God says. And it is the Word that frightens the
2: enemy.
1: Oh, well, I lost about two-thirds of you. How about the other third? Are you going to stay with me? If it wasn't for an apostolic preacher, he would succeed in every lie and every deceit that he would want to cram down our throats. Amen. But when the truth is preached, amen, it exposes Deceit. It exposes lie. It exposes false doctrine. Thank God for a preacher who takes the time to preach. The only thing keeping the devil from destroying prayer and worship in your church is a preacher. Hallelujah hallelujah when he gets up and says hey you amen you need to come here early and pray quit being so lazy come to church and pray and when you come into the sanctuary enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and worship the lord Devil, I defy you in Jesus' name. I need some intercessors right now to help me. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. There is a spirit arising in this congregation. And I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! 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 Oh, yes! 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 You need a preacher! You need a preacher! You need a preacher! Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The only thing keeping the devil from destroying the moral consciousness, amen, of the entire population. Small group of preachers standing up here and there saying abortion is still wrong. Homosexuality is still a sin. Fornication is still ungodly. You can't live that way and please God. You can't smoke and drink. Amen. And honor the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can't do this or that. Amen. Thank God for a preacher. Because of him there shall be light in the evening time. Amen. The only thing keeping him from vanquishing your faith, destroying your hope and crushing your expectation is a man of God that gets up sometimes when he doesn't feel like it personally and preaches to you. Come on church, we can make it. Just keep on pressing on. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't get tired. Don't throw in the towel. We're almost home. Just a little bit farther. Just a little bit longer. Amen. Just a little while to stay here. Just a little while to wait. Just a little while to labor in the path that's always straight. Just a little more of trouble in this low and sinful state. And then we'll enter heaven's portals sweeping through those pearly gates. Oh, won't you be happy that wonderful day when the Lord comes up to his church and you can go into the glory of God following your pastor, even with a big smile on your face. I'm glad I hung in there. I'm glad I believed. I'm glad I mixed the word with faith. Thank you for preaching to me, preacher. You can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. We still got a a ring in the mic, but it don't bother you, don't bother me. It is no wonder that the devil is launching an all-out attack against these men. He attacks their health. Never heard of such a rash in the last few months. Preachers having heart attacks and strokes. Their bodies failing them. Amen. And there's some folks that would be glad to see them go. Get rid of that pesky and annoying voice. That irritating sound. My pastor's here tonight. I thank God that God spared his life. It thrilled me to be able to go to one more camp meeting in Baton Rouge a month ago and see him still walking around, amen, shaking a handkerchief. I remember when I was a teenager and he walked across the backs of the pews and he preached against sin and he screamed like a wild banshee and he said, this preacher's got blood in his eyes. It's because he got blood in his eyes a few times that I'm still here, that I made it to an altar of repentance, that I made my consecration and that I live for God. Brother Spell, I want you to know, amen, that one statement you said over and over again lodged in my mind. It lodged in my mind. It was a simple statement. Amen. But I not only took it to heart, I have taken the liberty to repeat it over and over again. He said, if you can ever get a made-up mind, 50% of your battle is already won. reason why some folks are struggling Reason why some folks are having a hard time praying, a hard time worshipping, a hard time living right, is they have not made up their mind yet. Hey, what is better than this? What are you waiting for? Fights against them in their homes. Strikes against their children, their family members. Amen. I've watched them. stand straight and bold and strong. Amen. Preaching against sin and against the world. And then the enemy reaches into their home and they melt and wilt. They begin to fold up and they lose their strength. Amen. And their courage. Amen, they lose their umph. Hey, when that happens, Amen, the saints should not rejoice and say, Good to know their kids are no better than ours. You don't know the hell he's going through. And the devils he's fighting. You need to rally behind him and say, Pastor, we're praying for you. And for your family. If he loses his nerve, your family is at risk. Attacks their integrity, he attacks their mind. Oh, all you see him is when he gets up there and he preaches with boldness, but you don't know the battles that rage in his mind and how valuable it is. Instead of sitting there looking bored and half asleep, I don't care if you heard the same thing a thousand times before. Amen. Be thankful that he's still preaching it. And get on your feet and get behind him every time. Believe it or not, preachers need encouragement and they need support. Forgive me for being this personal. I don't want to be. Amen. And I don't want to leave a bad impression. But I've got folks in my congregation that would not walk across the floor because they haven't done it in 11 years to ever compliment one message that I have preached. There have been times, Brother Lee, This is going to sound arrogant, I'm sorry. But there have been times when God had to open up a few opportunities like this for me to even feel like I was called to preach. Go home and preach to folks, amen, that didn't want to be preached to. That unless you could cross the floor and make a point of shaking their hand, they would never cross the floor and greet the pastor and say, I want to thank you for preaching to me and my family. For helping keep me safe. We don't want him to get the big head. We don't want him to get all swelled up. Hey, don't worry about it. The devil works on him the rest of the week. He needs to hear an
2: encouraging word.
1: The Bible says smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter if he can deal a blow to any one of these men to where they just finally lose heart and lose courage and decide what's the use. I'll just get up and preach a little sermonette. Amen. It don't matter to them whether I give them a hot dog or and make dinner. Amen. They sit there just as bored, just as uninterested, and they pick up their things and go on home. So why bother? Why try? Why make the efforts? If it ever gets to that point, your church is doomed. So I believe we can make it on No, you can' make it on your own. You need a preacher, you need a pastor, you need a shepherd. that's alright that's alright I feel like there's some imps of hell that are trembling right now I feel like there's some devils uncomfortable right now there might even be some folks uncomfortable right now cause you don't love your preacher you don't love your pastor you ought to be ashamed of yourself the devil would like to drive the Apostolic Ministry into extinction. He's not worried about the Baptist preachers. He's not worried about the Methodist preachers. He's not worried about the Catholic priests. He don't care what they do. He don't care what they say. What kind of churches they build. It's us. It's these men that he's trying to destroy. And drive into extinction. And indeed it seems like they are a vanishing breed. But I want it to be known tonight. Amen. That God is going to have some men. That are going to get up behind this pulpit. And preach. Come hail the high water. Whether you like it or not. I so appreciate the travail of these men up here helping me out. Amen. I'm not through tonight. I want to tell you about something that's happening right now. There is a wonderful phenomenon taking place in the apostolic movement today. And that is that good, godly, conservative, truth-loving, apostolic preacher are coming out of their corners crossing organizational boundaries crossing artificial lines and they're finding each other and they're coming together and they're saying where have you been all my life I see it happening across this nation I said I see it happening across this nation amen and while some are frightened because they would like to just call it some kind of ecumenical movement. It's not an ecumenical. We're not talking about compromisers. We're not talking about liberals. We're talking about men that take a stand, men that preach the truth. Let me tell you something. It's not as important the card that you carry in your pocket as it is the convictions that you bear in your heart. I said it the other night, and I'll say it again tonight, amen. It doesn't matter whether you belong to an organization or don't belong to an organization. It doesn't even matter tonight, amen, for right now, whether you even believe in organization. The important thing is this, brethren, we need one another. you belong to or don't belong to. You need to hear other men preach. You need to submit yourself, amen, to the scrutiny of other men's ministries. We need one another if we are going to survive in these last days. I am feeling a greater need to bind together in unity than I ever have. Amen. But so-and-so doesn't dot this I or cross this T exactly the way I do. Well, some of that might be true, but in other areas they might be stronger than I am. I might need their strength, and they might need mine. No, I'm not talking about joining hands with the charismatics. Erase that thought from your mind. But if it could happen, what an awesome force for good it could become. It is yet to be seen what can be done if good, godly, conservative, apostolic people bind together. Can you give me a little more time tonight? feel like preaching to us a little bit. I'm going to bear my heart to you for the next few minutes. I'm going to bear my heart to you. And I'm going to leave myself open to whatever criticism, amen, that might be leveled. I don't care. I've had so much of it already this year Till it doesn't matter anymore. I'm tired. I just want to go home and pastor my church, Brother Calvert. Amen. But I feel something tugging at my heart this evening. I see that God is trying to do this. And it is happening even in meetings all across this country. But from my vantage point, from my little humble opinion... There are three things that threaten to abort and derail, amen, this movement toward apostolic unity. Is it all right if I say it? Number one, of course, amen, is worldliness. You go to some places one year and it looks good. You go back the next year and something's happened. There are always going to be differences among us. Amen. We're always going to have... Amen. A variety of opinions and please don't think I'm ridiculing or criticizing anything. Amen. But some are going to preach open toe shoes. Some against it. Amen. Some this. Some that hair bows and on. so on and so forth. Amen. You say, well, what are we supposed to do? Let me tell you what you're supposed to do. Exactly what your pastor preaches in your church. Just because you might see, amen, somebody take a little laxer stand, amen, on some little item, when you come to a meeting like this, don't you go home saying, they do it, why can't we? You just honor that man. We're always going to have some differences and we're going to split hairs on this or that. But can I just tell you, there are some things that will never be tolerated among, amen, true apostolic people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I am against this makeup that's cropping up in many of our churches. I don't care how transparent it is, it's still makeup, and it won't be long before it's color. And when you allow it, you threaten to destabilize the movement toward apostolic unity. Amen. We will never tolerate cut hair on women trimmed hair. Never, never, never. This is an undeniable biblical principle. It's not how you look at it. It's not how you define it. It is your glory. Leave it alone. We will never allow jewelry. We will never tolerate it. It is an abomination. It goes hand in hand with idolatry. We will never put up with indecent attire and suggestive clothing, tight, form-fitting, sheer, low-cut necklines. Yeah, I've said it every year, might as well say it again. Split skirts! Because when we fight so hard to keep our home churches clean and we come to various meetings and expose our people to it, we don't want to go back! And when we start allowing it and permitting it, we're going to drive good men away. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, this camp meeting's been going on for a long time. If the Lord tarries another 50 years, I hope it looks just like it does right now. A pillar of godliness and truth and holiness. But there are many churches across the land, amen, that used to be powerhouses in Pentecost, amen, that look no different than a Baptist church today. I don't care how much you get tired of hearing it, the only hope in men being able to stand together is to keep these meetings clean. Are you still with me? Yeah. You can be seated. Amen. I could go on and on, obviously. Obviously. Amen so many things have already been touched on this meeting amen i dealt with it exclusively last year and i haven't changed my mind amen there's still a beauty contest going on between god's people and the devil in the world sometimes we feel like we're losing but we're not losing there is not a more beautiful looking group of people in all the world than true apostolic people Number two that threatens to abort, derail a move toward apostolic unity is a failure to respect one another. I'm just going to bare my heart. I, I don't know that I can tie all the loose ends. You're going to have to give me some latitude. This isn't my first time preaching this meeting. You know what I believe by now, surely. We've got to respect each other's convictions. Not belittle one another. Amen. We've also got to preach what we believe and let the chips fall where they may. I know that. Preach it. If it's a burden of your heart, if it's your conviction, if it's Bible, if it's right, preach it! No matter who it upsets, no matter who it makes mad, But in preaching it, in dealing with the toughest issues, we can still respect each other's dignity and treat each other with respect and courtesy. Oh, yeah. Amen. I don't have a bit of sympathy for liberals and compromisers. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. And even if somebody preaches something that I don't agree with, I will listen to you if you treat me like a human being. And treat me like I've got some dignity. And some self-worth. I'll consider anything you've got to say. Amen. If you'll treat me like a brother in Christ do not it and won't take it back. Amen. But if every time somebody preaches something, amen, that I may not agree with, they label me, amen, as a traitor and a compromiser and a rebel and some kind of idiot, I will close my ears. Even if I need to hear what they have to say. It is a human reaction. Oh, yes, it is. Amen. Can I tell you that the pulpit should not be a place to air out personality conflicts. It should not be taken advantage of to gang up on somebody you don't like anyway. so that you can walk away saying, I cleaned their clock. I cut their head off. I beat them over the head. Aren't you proud? Aren't you proud? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's getting quiet now. You know what threatens... What threatens to destroy our American liberties? It's not the Russians. It's our own people abusing our freedoms. You know what threatens to take the open pulpit away from us? Is the abuse of the pulpit. It's all right, when I get done, I'm going home. It's the abuse of the pulpit. I know, I know somebody's asking the question right now well, Where do you draw the line? Because no matter what you preach Somebody's going to gripe And somebody's going to complain I know that Truth is going to cut Truth is going to divide Truth is going to wound Truth is going to offend All I'm saying is, brother Every time you get behind this pulpit Get behind this pulpit With godly fear and understand that you have the souls of men in your hands. Step behind here with reverence and godly fear and give glory to God and preach like a dying man to dying men.
0: You still here? failure to respect each other that goes for respecting each other's flock
1: nothing wounds a pastor anymore
0: than feeling betrayed by a friend reaching into his assembly taking somebody it is a lasting hurt it's getting quiet here
1: a lasting hurt it lasts a long long time it takes a man a long time to get over that amen because those are not just tithe payers to him those are not just individuals filling pews those are people God has given him a burden for he's cried for them counseled them preached to them Stood by them when they were sick. Prayed for their babies. Dedicated their children. Buried their dead. Married their young people. And brother, when you indiscriminately reach in another man's flock and take somebody, you get a wound in his soul for a long time. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I know I'm a fool to deal with this tonight. Amen. I can't help it. I seem to have a knack for doing it anyway. Amen. Praise the Lord. Surely everybody believes this anyhow tonight. Understand what I'm saying. I know there are extreme cases. I know there are times when men quit preaching truth. When preachers fail and saints need to do something to save themselves and their families. And there's nothing else they can do. I don't think a, a church family should ride amen down a slippery slope toward compromise and a hell along with a preacher. But you better be sure it's extreme. You better be sure it's justifiable. You better be sure it's legitimate. Oh, I feel the hand of God on me here tonight. I'm talking about threats to apostolic unity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I know I'm saying this in the presence of all of these wonderful people of God. And I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Amen. Or put anybody on the spot. I'll just say this. I have lived long enough. It's not that long. But long enough to learn That sometimes when people just get tired of going somewhere, amen, just get tired of doing certain things, they learn certain buzzwords. And they seize on something that never used to matter to them, but they know that it will give them a legitimate excuse to jump over here. Amen. I hate to say it, but sometimes, amen, wonderful, sweet people learn those buzzwords. Amen. I guarantee you that 8 out of 10 people that change churches because of quote-unquote holiness, that is not the reason. Amen. Oh, Lord. You know what, I believe that God's going to confirm all this before this service is over. I'd say eight out of ten, it's not really holiness. It is a pastoral authority problem. And it might take a few weeks, and it might take a few months, and it might even take a few years. But sooner or later, they'll get crossed up with that new preacher also. Brethren, let's just be diligent not to ever build our congregations on other people's church members. There's too many sinners to save. There's too many sinners to save. I said there's too many sinners to save. It's too easy to paint each other, amen, liberal preachers just because we differ on this point or that, amen, and say they don't believe nothing so I got a right to take all their people. You better be careful what you do. Cause there's a God in heaven looking on The Third thing. The third thing. And I'm really gonna step out here now for this one. Amen. But to me. It is the greatest threat in memory, recent memory, amen, that is striking at the heart of the conservative apostolic movement. You
0: hear what I'm about to say. It's not what you think. You hear what I'm about to say. It is the greatest potential force to destabilize the unity of the conservative apostolic movement. And it is this the divorce and remarriage
1: in the church issue. Now, I'm not here to create confusion. I'm not going to draw swords with anybody. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. And I'm not going to try to offend anybody or single anybody out. Maybe I'm going to be as compromising myself, amen, by not really, not really stating a position here tonight. Because I still believe that you are answerable to your pastor and he is answerable to God. But whatever, brethren, we believe on this issue or do not believe, I think we can all agree on this. It is going on way too much. And if we don't do something to stem the tide, it's going to sweep over us like a flood and it will overrun our churches. I am saying it in the fear of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You can make light of it, make fun of it, and ridicule it, but unless we draw some lines, we're about to be ripped apart by it. till this brother that sits over here used to be married to this man's wife that sits over here. And this woman's husband over here that used to be married to this woman over here is sitting in the same congregation. It is an abomination to God. And here's what troubles me, brethren. Here's what troubles me. Again, amen, where you want to draw the line on this issue is your business between you and God. Amen, you do it in the fear of God. Whatever you, whatever every man feels like he can answer to God for. Amen, whatever situation or whatever. I'm just saying this. If we even act like we support it. The wedding vows in our churches will not mean a thing. We will have young people getting married and when they say I do, it won't amount to a hill of beans. I told you I came to preach to this church tonight. I'm burying my heart. Rip me apart. Take me limb from limb. Criticize it. Amen. I'm just laying myself open. I want to see God draw us together. But these things threaten to divide, to confuse, and to destroy the move toward apostolic unity.